the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down in your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it Welcome to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for joining me. Hope that you're doing well on this hot Tuesday afternoon. So thanks for listening. i got a couple of wonderful guests in with me today. Brenda Schuler, who oversees Bridges of Hope at Life Network. She's had the privilege of working there for almost 18 years. And Barbara Miller, who volunteers with Bridges of Hope. Barb and Brenda, thanks so much for joining me. How are you guys doing today? We're good. good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming in. So... Well, it's such an important topic to be able to, to talk about, and it's it's difficult, but it's important. It's important to God's heart and abortion and specifically post-abortive care. Uh, for listeners that aren't familiar with uh, Bridges of Hope, do you mind sharing with us uh, what does Bridges of Hope do? So we're an outreach of Life Network, and we specifically in this area serve those who have had abortion in their past. It could have been fairly recent, it could have been a little while ago, or maybe even decades ago. And at some point, they realize that maybe they need some help in that area. And so that's what we do. Hmm. We offer loving, compassionate, non-judgmental judgmental help to those who have had this experience. And we do that in the form of initial consultation, but we also have a Bible study that we walk through. It's a study designed specifically for topics related to this, and we typically do it in about nine or ten weeks. Okay. There are cases where we've done a shortened, intensive version in a weekend format, but basically it's just a place for people to come and find hope and healing and forgiveness hmm. that they may not have known was possible. That's awesome. I'm sure it takes a lot of courage to reach out to Life Network, to be part of the study, to go to the one-on-one uh, consultation. I think a lot of times we, we feel so much guilt and shame in a lot of areas of our life. But, but what are some examples, of I guess, of just what you see God do when someone reaches out and, and goes through the study? Well, first of all, you're right. I know that can be a tough phone call to make. I have met with people who have told me that they have carried my number around for two years Mm. before getting up the courage to call. And when they finally do and they go through the study, they are able to be in a room with other people who have shared the same experience. And they hear other people say things that they thought they were the only ones who thought or believed. Yeah. And they're able to hear truths from God's word and from his scripture. And it is an honor for us to watch God work. We know it's not us. We know it's not things that we necessarily say or do, but it's things that God uses us to be able to help them in this healing process and to just watch the growth and the the healing and the freedom Mm -hmm. that we see them experience. 
How about for you, Barb? What, what, what have you seen God do through these studies? <laughs> oh, my. So much. So much. I have seen women come in scared and barely able to speak. And then they get a hold of what the Lord has for them in his love and his forgiveness and his redemption, and they just come to life. Mm. Literally, their faces change color. Like, there's just a brightness about them and a lightness that that they didn't walk in with. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. So if someone's interested in this study, what's the first step? What What do they do? Well, I would probably be their first phone call. Okay. And they would just be welcome to, you know, call Life Network and ask for Bridges of Hope, ask for me. Um, you know, I have a direct line that those calls go straight to me. Okay. So they wouldn't have to worry about leaving a message with the receptionist or somebody else hearing it or whatever. I'm the only one that listens to those messages. And we would arrange a meeting. Yeah. Okay. And so that would be the first step. I think it's really important to know it's going to be one-on-one. You know, mm-hmm. it's that... You're going to get to talk to you, Brenda, and and meet with you and have that consultation, and that that's really comforting. You know, I have had a lot of people come into my office and you know sit down and, and talk, and it has been amazing to just have the privilege, like I said before, of of being the only person that somebody has ever told, yeah, or one of the few, and knowing that they feel comfortable in doing that. And know that it's going to be confidential, know that they will not be judged, know that, you know, it, this is a, a place to to come and, and meet the Lord. Hmm. And so I just want my prayer every time I know someone's coming is that I am, he allows me to be that for them. That's awesome. Barb, I've had that privilege of getting to know you over the last several years and you attend Rocky Mountain Calvary. Um, would you mind sharing with us just your story and what God has done in your life in regards to this area? Absolutely. My abortion story started when I was five years old, and my father began to tell me that I'd be 19, knocked up, and no good. And he told me that until I turned 19. And when I got pregnant at 19, there was no way that I was going home and telling my father I was pregnant. There just, that wasn't even an option. And what I What I didn't realize then was I had options. The father of the baby wanted to marry me. Hmm. Um, There were other people that stepped up that wanted to help me, but I just could not see past the fear and the the trauma of the abuse that I had endured at home. And so I aborted against the father's wishes. And even leading up to the abortion, it was two weeks from the time I made the appointment to the time that it was done, and I would just lay in bed and cry. I just didn't know how I could do this. I couldn't fathom what was happening in my life. And then once it was done, I was just devastated. I went into a depression that lasted about six and a half months wow. in the darkest places I have ever been. Hmm. And I just I bled over everybody around me. Hmm. And, I, and I'm not one to be quiet. I'm, I told everybody, anybody that would listen, I told. I hurt so badly. And so eventually, the father of the baby and I got back together. Um, And a year later, I got pregnant again, which is a very common occurrence. Mm. And I thought, well, I did that. I can't do that again. So now I guess I'm going to marry him. And I did. Mm -hmm. But we lost that baby. And Mm. I thought for sure that my miscarriage was punishment for my abortion. Mm. 
But we went on to get married, and we went on to have two more children. And I thought that I was fine. I thought that I was justified in what I had done. And I thought, you know what, that's just a part of my past. And I was so wrong. I didn't know the Lord when I aborted. I didn't meet the Lord until I was in my early 30s. And I was convinced. I was absolutely convinced that I was going to go to hell because I had aborted. Hmm. But I met a a pastor Hmm. who tried to share the gospel with me. And I told him, I said, you don't have to waste your time. I'm already a lost cause. Hmm. And he pressed. And when he pressed, I told him what I had done. And I just knew that he was going to look at me and be like, you're right, you're lost. And there's no hope for you. But that's not what he said. He cried. And I had no idea what to do with that. I was angry. I was traumatized. And I just did not know what to do with this man of God sitting across from me, showing me compassion that I didn't even think I deserved. Hmm. And so I gave my life to the Lord, but I still wrestled with this abortion piece. I knew I was forgiven. I knew that the Lord had redeemed that. But it was not until three years ago that I met Life Network. And I had struggled in churches I had struggled in small groups and Bible studies with the abortion conversation. Hmm. And I'd been talking about it for years, but I was not healed. And I didn't even know healing was a thing. Hmm. And I met Life Network and they changed my life. Hmm. And I went through my class and and I can remember meeting with Brenda that first time and telling her, I'm fine. I'm good. I don't need anything. I just didn't know that I needed all that I needed. And it was about week four when I got through the Bible study. Um, Week four is the anger chapter. And I was angry. Hmm. I was hurt. And I was angry. And I just didn't even know. And I went home and my husband said to me, all right, Barb, this is hard. Like, is it time for you to be done yet? And I was like, I got to finish this through. I just, I have to. Um, and I did. <clears throat> and it, it's been fantastic. And the fact that they let me do what I do is amazing. It's hmm. awesome. Well, Barb, I want to hear more. So listeners, stay with us. We're talking with Bridges of Hope. Such an important conversation. We're going to be right back on 100.7, The Word. Then you The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for listening. Hope that you're doing well on this Tuesday afternoon. We're live in studio today with Brenda Schuler and Barbara Miller from Bridges of Hope and talking about God's healing and redemption in our lives. And Barb, you're courageously sharing all that you walked through and how you came to know Christ as your Savior and got plugged in with the Bridges of Hope, a Bible study for that post-abortive care and uh, if you don't mind, just sharing a little bit more uh, detail how this affected your husband and his journey walking through and, and how your healing has impacted his healing. And um, just there's a lot there. There is a lot there because him and I were, we were high school sweethearts um, and he always wanted to get married and I was scared to death. And so when when I got pregnant and chose to abort, he was devastated. I didn't even give him an option. Hmm. Um, I said, this is, this is what's happening. And people don't, they don't know that side of the story. You know, we, we have an idea of what relationship looks like in abortion and, and ours is kind of not the typical. And he was devastated by this, by this decision that I made. And I don't even think that he knew until I started sharing my story publicly, what drove my decision. 
Hmm. I don't think that I ever told him about the conditions in my home. Hmm. And so he was devastated. And so when I get to Life Network and I start going through my process, um, I knew that the reason I wanted to do this was because I wanted to help other women. Hmm. I knew what abortion did to me. And I knew that I could be forgiven of, from abortion. And I wanted to share that. I want to share that with everybody. John was another story. He's kind of held this really close to himself and hasn't done a lot of processing of that. And so as I've processed, he's processed. Yeah. And Life Network gave us an opportunity to shoot a video for them. And you see on that video, real time, him break down for the first time about losing our baby to abortion. Wow. And it is powerful. Hmm. And he's still trying to process through that. Yeah. It's a really difficult thing especially for the men, because the men are often left out of this conversation. Hmm. And so he has been so gracious to me. And I went home one night and I said to him, how can you even look at me, let alone love me after the things that I have done? And we just sat and we cried. Hmm. And he supports this ministry with 100%. Yeah. He lets me go and share our story hmm. to anybody that will listen, even though it's hard. But but he knows the value in it. He has seen the changes in me since going through healing. And I'll tell you, I like I said before, I was very angry. But now, once you come face to face with the Lord, in that forgiveness and in that love, you there's no more anger. Hmm. There's no more fear. The scriptures that talk about perfect love casts out fear, like that's exactly what we're seeing in post-abortive healing. Hmm. And so it's just incredible. He is incredible to support me through this. That's awesome. You know, Barb brings up a really interesting point in that a lot of people think that this is about the woman. They think it's a woman's issue. It's her the only she has the choice or whatever. And we have found that men get left out of the conversation, not only often when the decision is being made. Sometimes sometimes it's the guy who's the driving force behind the decision. But what I've noticed is that a lot of times we don't consider the fact that men hurt, too, and men need healing. And regardless of which category they fall into, it could be like Barb's husband who wanted the baby and she chose differently. Or maybe he's the one that said, you have to do this. There's another category of men who didn't even know. Mm -hmm. She never told him. Yeah. And maybe he found out later. And now his grief is brand new for something that may have happened a long time ago. But regardless of those categories, Men need help and healing, too. And that's something else that we offer at Bridges okay. of Hope. So you offer a study for men as well. We have a group of men who will meet with our men okay. and work through a process. Yes, they have a study that they do. And so we don't want to you know, miss the opportunity to let men know that there is hope and help for them, too. Okay. Can we talk a little bit about this process of receiving God's forgi- forgiveness for a woman who's had an abortion for a man that's participated in an abortion. I think uh, we know forgiveness in our heads, but to allow it to hit into our hearts, the, the power of the cross that the blood of Jesus has paid for our sin. So walk me through a little bit of what that process is like to, to really allow God's forgiveness to sink in. So there are a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about forgiveness. One in particular that I kind of joke, it's like my signature verse for this aspect of what we do, is 1 John 1, nine, And it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And I 
I emphasize all. I'm like, what does that exclude? It means everything. And unfortunately, a lot of people put abortion kind of in its own category. Yeah. And it becomes almost the unpardonable sin. Well, that verse says all, yeah, which all would include all. this, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that's where we start is just believing God's word and believing that he says if we confess, he forgives. Yeah. And that would include this too. Yeah. The other thing that I see is the person who feels like, well, I have to keep beating myself up for this. Right. I can't forgive myself for this. I have to, I, I'm not worthy of accepting forgiveness or whatever. And, and to that I say, well, then we're kind of minimizing the work of Christ on the cross. True, yeah. Because now the message is what he did wasn't enough, and we have to keep punishing ourselves or beating other you know beating other people up to make it worthwhile i mean to you know be enough and that's just not the way the cross works christ died once and for all for all sin and so when when people are able to understand that aspect of forgiveness it it opens the door to being able to say okay god yes and of course there needs to be confession and repentance and, you know, a desire for something, you know, um, just realizing that, yeah, this this wasn't the choice I should have made, but God forgives this too. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think there's an emotional aspect to this conversation of forgiveness as well, because we want to feel forgiven. We want to feel something mm-hmm. different than the condemnation that we are feeling um, internally. And it's really hard for a lot of people to walk in forgiveness when they don't feel different. But I think it goes back to taking our thoughts captive and every day reminding ourselves that, you know what, Jesus paid the price for this. I am forgiven, and my it my sin is as far as east is from the west. And it's just reminding ourselves of that day in and day out. And there's a saying, and I don't even know where it came from, but, but um, feelings— Follow fact or fact follow feelings, something to that effect. Correct. And so when we know the facts and the facts are Christ died for our sins, we can start to adopt that belief. And really it comes down to what do we believe about God Mm -hmm. and what do we feel about God? Mm -hmm. Because so many people that I I know and that I, I work with have this inner conflict that they are bad and that they are not worthy of forgiveness. Right. And that's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good point, Barb. Like to, to really take our thoughts captive to what we're thinking about forgiveness and go, wait a second, what I'm thinking doesn't line up with scripture. Right. You know, the Bible says first John one nine, and so I'm putting my mind back and there's that treadmill of our mind that we tend to allow to run wild and, and to get it back onto Christ, the work of the cross. And the blood of Jesus really is that that powerful, you know, and whether it's a abortion or another sin, we don't have to beat ourselves up anymore because Christ took that punishment for us as we rest and rely upon the, the blood of Jesus. That seems to be, I'm sure, a big point of prayer as Bridges of Hope does these studies, that those that are in the studies really get the head to the heart of I am forgiven, you know. Yes, yes, yes. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word with Pastor Eric Cartier. 
Barb Miller and Brenda Schuler are with me from Bridges of Hope. We've got some great stuff for you as we talk about God's healing. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. I have Brenda Schuler with me and Barbara Miller, Bridges of Hope from Life Network. I know the church body here in Colorado Springs really uh, supported Life Network with the last one and run and walk, walk for life. So we want to thank all of the listeners that participated. And, and part of you raising money uh, goes to Bridges of Hope and seeing God bring healing in this area of post-abortive care. I, I want to kind of tackle a tough subject, but I think it's really important. It's been helpful to me as a, a pastor, uh, you Bridges of Hope uh, approaching me. How would you guys encourage, equip, coach pastors and church leaders to minister to those that have had an abortion or participated in uh, an abortion? Because there's a real art to it, and I think there's some things that we could all learn in, in that respect. And, and maybe listeners that have had a loved one who's had an abortion, you know, how, how can they best care for them uh, as, as well? So I know it's a hard topic, but I think you guys have a lot to offer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think the first thing for particularly you know, pastors and church leaders is just to be aware of the fact that there are a large number of people sitting out there from week to week who have had this experience. It's not something that people tend to talk about, and it's not what you would say when you first meet someone. Hi, my name is, right. and guess what I've done kind of thing. And so there tends to be a little bit of an isolation that happens with that. And, of course, we have an enemy who just wants to encourage that yeah, and make people that. feel it, perpetuate that lie that they are alone. They are the only ones. If anybody knew, they'd be rejected. Just, you know, on and on. And so just to be aware, first of all, that there are people sitting there who've had this experience or, like you said, help participate or in, have been affected one way or the other. But then to take the next step of actually acknowledging that publicly. Hmm. To say, we know you're there. Hmm. And to do so in, again, a non-condemning way. Now, when we talk about abortion, we want it to stop. We want it to end. And, and that message doesn't change. But the way we talk about those who have already experienced this probably needs to be taken another look. Right. And we probably need to say, we acknowledge that you're there. We acknowledge that this has been your experience. And for those who, who want to find God's forgiveness in this, know that it is available. Know that he offers that. And to just be able to say, we acknowledge this, we know you're there, and there's hope. There is healing. There is forgiveness. And there's a place you can go Yeah, at Life Network for that. That's great. I know, Brenda, you shared with me a little while back, like if uh, abortion's never talked about from the context of, we know some of you had abortion or participated in abortions, mm -hmm. never talked about, mm -hmm. you can easily make the assumption that, well, nobody else here has had an abortion, you know, right. similar to where maybe if uh, abuse of alcohol was never talked about, you, then you start feeling like I'm the only one that struggles with uh, alcohol, you know, and, and those are, are sexual sin. Mm -hmm. uh, and it seems like to me that two areas, there's several areas, but 
that stand out in the church that are hard to talk about are suicide and abortion, you mm-hmm. know, and they're both light life issues. I, right. I think the church is grown in being able to talk about sexual sin, uh, and that's not so taboo anymore. Uh, but it seems like God giving us as believers the courage to talk about suicide and uh, also uh, abortion uh, and the healing that God wants to provide would be a big victory. It really would. You know, I think that those are things that just tend to stay in the dark. Yeah. And when we expose light to the darkness, yeah. it loses its power. Yeah. And those shame, the the fear, you know, all of the things that go along with, with those things get dispelled. Yeah. And you're able to present it in a way not to make it okay. Right. We're not saying that, but we're saying that there's... There's forgiveness here, just like any other sin. Right. And and there's a place to go for help. Yeah. yeah. And God still loves you. Yeah. How about you, Barb? What would what would you chime in on this? I would tell everybody that I am one in four women. Okay. The yeah. post abortive are one in four. We are everywhere. Um there's been sixty three million plus abortions in our country since nineteen seventy three. But yet sitting in a church and sitting in a small group, you often feel like you are the only one. Hmm. And there's been a narrative that people have believed about women who abort that is usually not quite the case. And so to have the conversation and to remember that we never know who we're talking to. I didn't know who I was talking to. I was talking about my abortion to anybody that would listen in a respectful way, not knowing I was talking to post-abortive women. But when I started to share my story, those women started to come forward. And if we could address abortion as a life issue, as a sin issue, but in a way that's not condemning, in a way that we can offer them the love of Christ, the mm-hmm. way that it was given to me, yeah, I'll never forget that moment mm-hmm. where I knew that he was just going to judge me, mm-hmm. and he didn't. And mm-hmm. so to, to learn what abortion is, to have the conversation, to not be afraid to have, and it is, Heshirek, you are so right. It's a difficult conversation, um, but it's a necessary conversation and not just one conversation, but multiple conversations because the men and women that are sitting specifically in our congregations, like they've heard, they've heard the lies of the enemy for so long that kind of the truth is hard to, to penetrate. Right. And so to continue to tell them that there is forgiveness available that the love of Christ absolutely pertains to them. Yeah. They are not isolated and they are not alone. Yeah. I think it's really important to keep that in mind that when someone does finally come to the point of sharing, they're expecting you to respond in condemnation. Mm, Yes. And Mm -hmm. so when you respond pointing to the cross and the love of God and his unconditional love, that's, that's not what they're expecting. And the last thing that they need at that moment is heaping on more condemnation. Right. Because they've been heaping that on themselves for a long, long time. You know? Right. Yeah. And a lot of women that I have met specifically, this is not everybody across the board, but a lot of women that I have met, they have had trauma before their abortion and then aborted, which is more trauma, and they just don't know how to deal with that. And so what they're expecting is to be hated. And to show them the love of Christ is a phenomenal thing. Yeah. You know, I think one thing that um, church leaders and pastors can can do is recognize not only that these people are there, but to recognize, like Barb was just saying, some of the effects of it. Mm -hmm. 
And the list is long. Yes. Hmm. The list is very long for those who have experienced this in their past. And, you know, I I say, those who know me will will laugh, but I think it has tentacles. It just reaches Hmm. through time and affects areas of our Hmm. lives that, that aren't even, the connections aren't made. Yeah. And so down the line, someone has relationship issues or anger issues or, you know, whatever it is. And it's not related back to that experience mm-hmm. that they had perhaps many years ago. Yeah. And so for a, a leader to recognize that these effects are out there and to just open the door to say, hey, if you're experiencing some of these things and that's part of your past, could it be there's a connection there? Right. And go talk to someone who can help you make that. Right. I think that that's really informative because, unfortunately, like, pornography is so pervasive. You know, as a pastor, and I think a lot of counselors, we're pretty aware, okay, here's some things that are going on to ask that question. You know, are you participating in pornography? But we don't think as much, like, Possibly could you have had an abortion or mm. participated in one and even just to be mindful uh, that is, if that's the case, you mm-hmm. know, that there there's healing, there's bridges of hope uh, where you can go and receive God, God's healing. Because it, it's really easy to not even think that those things are connected, right. just like you shared. So mm-hmm. a lot of good information here. The, the truth sets us free. So we're going to head to a break and we'll be right back on 100.7 The Word. Stay with us. And the voice of truth says this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Bridges of Hope is with me today. We've got Brenda Schuler and Barb Miller, part of Life Network's uh, ministry. We're going to talk a little bit about volunteering with Bridges of Hope, but also a Life Network as well. And I want to take a little bit different angle as we launch into this, and then we can get into some of the details. Is sitting here in studio uh, with the two of you, I can tell uh, you two are great friends and really are blessed by being able to serve together in, in Bridges of Hope. So maybe share a bit about that part of of serving together and volunteering. Well, Barb came wanting to volunteer at Life Network and maybe even at a different department initially. But one of the things that we ask is if this is a part of their past that they participate in our study. We think that's important because of the nature of the conversations that happen in the pregnancy center and with those parenting that we want to make sure that the proper healing has happened. We don't want our volunteer to be blindsided by something someone says, by a trigger, by, you know, some emotion that had been left uncovered, and all of a sudden they're struggling. We we want to protect our volunteers and make sure that they're in a good place with that. And so that's one of the things that we do ask. And so I met with Barb, and I said, I'd really need for you to do this. (laughs) (laughs) And I really said, I'm fine. I don't need this. She ended up in a group that I happened to be facilitating, and I think that's where our relationship started. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I didn't know I was angry. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what my triggers were. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know that I was not walking in freedom, but it was through that group that I learned all of that. And then afterwards, you know, I want things to happen immediately. I'm not a very patient person. 
And Brenda is always so gracious, so <laughs> gracious to to talk me off whatever cliff I might be on um, and to, to speak reason and truth to me even now um, and to walk alongside of me when I am either struggling personally with with the subject because the decision with Roe versus Wade came out. That was hard. Yeah, that was really hard. But she's always so faithful to be there when I call hmm. and no matter what I need. I went through a class one time, and it was just difficult. It was just difficult. And she sat with me for a half hour after that class, and she's like, Barb, it's okay. Hmm. It's okay. Like, you're not going to get it right all the time, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. After the class and, you know, some other things happening, Barb decided that this was the aspect of the ministry that she really wanted to serve. And so I said, okay, but you have to go through the class again. (laughs) (laughs) Made her take it a second time. But this time more from a leadership perspective. Okay. Because when you're doing it for yourself, your focus should be on your own healing. Yeah. But when you go through it again, you get to see it from a different lens. Mm -hmm. And and now she's facilitating groups with me and and not even – always with me, with other volunteers that I have. And I have that confidence that she and the other leaders are able to take those groups. And, and I'm pretty protective of the people that are in them. And so sure. I want to make sure that the right ones are, are leading. But yeah. I know that I can trust Barb um, to to handle things that go on in the group. And so, yes, we have. she has become a valuable volunteer to me. And she is so available and comes in and, I mean, just – filing papers because I eat that sometimes yeah. <laughs> and all the way up to interacting with, with other potential clients or whatever. So, yeah. so yeah. So what are some ways that people can volunteer uh, at Life Network? Bridges of Hope is one, but what are some other ways? Yeah. So we have our pregnancy center and through that we have our client advocates. We have those are the people we call them the the front line because they're the ones that meet with our clients when they first walk in the door. They're the ones who give them their the results of their pregnancy test and discuss with them their options. And so those are our client advocates. We have our we have medical volunteers that do STD testing. Uh, they're trained ultrasounds. We have a parenting program, and so we have coaches there who will walk through people who are in the midst of their pregnancy and help them to prepare for this little one who's going to arrive. A lot of curriculum, a lot of relationship developing. We have opportunities for men. We have a men's services area and opportunities for them to either meet the guy in the lobby and take him back for a conversation all the way up through our parent, our fatherhood program where they parent and teach them how to be men, perhaps help with the Bridges of Hope through our men's services. We have a thrift store. Yeah, And that is a great place for people to serve because all of the proceeds go back into the ministry. So it is a way to help without necessarily, you know, doing some of the hard conversations that we have on a day-to-day basis, but still an opportunity to serve and minister. Then there's administrative work. We have a lot of work that could be done, um, especially leading up to our our events, all the way from stuffing envelopes down to data entry. I mean, there's just so many various opportunities. With prayer teams, hmm. that is a huge, yeah. huge value to us mm-hmm. and, and a great way for those who feel you know that they are prayer warriors and they want to receive our request and be able to pray for us as a ministry, as a staff, for our clients. So we have various levels of, of prayer people, and so that's another way to volunteer. 
one of the things that I think is happening uh, in in Colorado specifically is God seems to be waking up the church in this area of pro-life, you know, with mm-hmm. our recent law taking place in Colorado with such an uh, aggressive uh, abortion law. It, it seems like the church has has been awakened even in a deeper level to, to care about life, to care about post-abortive uh, care. And it seems like the church is really responding in giving and serving and really the front lines of that is Life Life Network and the Pregnancy Resource Center and all that Life Network does. And so uh, go to the website and Google it, Life Network, Colorado Springs, and lots of opportunities to be able to get involved. So There are, and we are so grateful for our church partnerships. And and not just our churches, but our donors as well, which yeah. is another way to serve. Yep. But, you know, and, and you in particular, Pastor Eric, thank you for having us today, for yes. bringing this topic to the air, and, while you haven't mentioned it, for your own service to Life Network mm-hmm. as one of our board members. And we are so grateful for that, oh. and thank you for that. I'm really excited to be a part of it, and to, it's a real privilege to to be on on the board. And you know, as a family, we've we've really been burdened for pro life really since my wife and I had miscarriages uh, years ago. Mm. But I really haven't had a lot of opportunity or taken the opportunity uh, to follow that up with service. So I'm excited, and I'm I'm learning a lot, and really blessed by what God's doing with with Life Network. We've got just a couple minutes left, and I really want to give an appeal to a listener that has gone through an abortion or participated in abortion that they'd reach out for healing. So would you just speak to them for for a moment? I think if I could say anything to the post-abortive, it's that abortion does not take away your motherhood. You're still a mom, Mm -hmm. okay? And your baby is still a baby, and you can still acknowledge that that life Hmm. once you go through healing it's not as difficult in fact it's one of the most beautiful parts of healing is being able to acknowledge our children acknowledge our grief over the loss of our children and i would just encourage them all to not wait Hmm. to step out in faith reach out to life network reach out to brenda and seek healing Mm -hmm. yeah that can be done through my direct phone number which is 719-355-1177. And again, that is a direct confidential line. Feel free to leave a message there, and I'll get back with you as soon as possible. Great. Well, Barb and Brenda, thanks so much for for coming in. We're praying for you. Uh, Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, may God really continue to bless Bridges of Hope. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you for having us. Yeah, you bet. And if you'd like to learn more about Life Network, you can go to their website. An easy way to find them is just Google a Life Network, Colorado Springs. God's really uh, using them. Just want you to hear from God's heart. Uh, If you've been through an abortion or participated in one, God loves you. He forgives you and really press into his uh, forgiveness. He is a compassionate father. So thanks for listening. Have a great night. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. And wiped our tears away Stepped in and saved the day Three-star general Michael J. Flynn Head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency Knew all the government's dirty secrets He was one of the most respected generals in the military Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to He understood its funding He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors This set off alarm bells 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.